There's one other thing that makes tubby time the very best time of the whole day. And do you know what that is? It's a very special friend of mine, my very favorite little pal. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to talk about the Akron Rubber Ducks, AA affiliate of the Cleveland Guardians. From 1997 to 2013, they were the Akron Arrows, A-E-R-O-S, a reference to the aeronautics industry. And then in 2014, they rebranded as the Rubber Ducks. Formerly, I think one of the the sort of new kids on the block that ushered in this this sort of wacky era uh, of logos, and now I think one of the the mainstays in minor league baseball, one of the 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 classic, the the instant classics that we've gotten to know so well. August is Curb Brand Media Month on the Baseball by Design podcast. All month long, I'll be featuring the other five content producers for the Curb Brand Media Network. I'll be speaking with Ed Rivera from the Dad Hat Chronicles later on. Obviously, this is a Brandios logo, so we'll have Jason Klein back on again. And right now, I'm very pleased to be joined by the team's general manager since 2012, Jim Fander, who I spoke with back in 2014 when I covered this uh, the story behind this nickname for SportsLogos.net. Jim, thank you so much for being here. Paul, thanks so much for having me. Uh, great to talk with you again. Can't believe it's been eight years. I said in the intro there that this is you know sort of an instant classic. One of the things that I try to do in this podcast is tell the world that minor league baseball teams are not just pulling words out of hats, right? Like that there are, there are connections to communities and, and there are reasons why a team would be called the rubber ducks. So you did it so well in the article back in 2014. I'm just going to ask you again, let's, we'll, we'll break it into two parts. First, how come rubber and then how come ducks? Uh, Akron was the rubber capital of the world um, in the, in the early twenties, um, you know, really, the reason that a lot of you know families that you know that I'm a descendant of and, and, and a lot of people in this community are here because of the rubber industry and the way that the city of Akron was really laid out. If you kind of think of like uh, spokes on a wheel, you know you've, you've got downtown and then as you, as you kind of move out, you know Firestone is in, in kind of uh, the, uh, the east side of Akron. Um, you know Goodyear uh, was originally on the east side of Akron, then they kind of moved a little more centrally located. Um, BF Goodrich, um, which, you know, my grandfather worked there for 40 years, was an electrical engineer, was a big part of, um, you know, just really um, their brain and their, their, um, their uh, inventions um, was, was all part of kind of the history and the heritage of Akron. So, um, you know, Akron was kind of, you know, built on the back of rubber workers. And, uh, and that was a kind of a big piece of, of Akron. And so when we looked at our former identity and, and, and the Akron Arrows, it really talked about a lot of things that were Ohio based, but not necessarily Akron based. And it was really kind of a, a nod to Ohio's work with the space program, work with aeronautics. Um, but when you go to a third grade classroom and you say, hey, what's an arrow? You get 10 different answers. Um, and so one of the things that we found was very quickly missing in our brand identity was really something that kind of just paid homage to the history of our city, the history of our community. And, and rubber has been such a big part of, 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 of us, what we've done. Um, and, and it's kind of that, it's that roller coaster ride, you know, you know, again, riding high in the twenties, um, you know, but in the late seventies and, and, and early eighties, a lot of the rubber companies were moving out of Akron and, uh, and Akron really kind of had to reinvent itself. And, uh, and now, uh, you know, years later, uh, uh, uh 
Goodyear has returned to Akron. They've got their uh, world headquarters back in Akron. And so it's kind of back on the upswing. And, and you know, Bridgestone has, uh, you know, merged with Firestone and Bridgestone has their technology center here. So the rubber companies are still a big part of our history and our heritage. And, and I think that's what's really important when you, when you rebrand a team, you really want it to talk about really three things. You know, one is the history, the heritage of of the, of the city, you know, the second, it's gotta be fun. And, and you ask the question, where do ducks come in? Well, we play at Canal Park and, and not only rubber was a big part of Akron's history and heritage, but also the Ohio Erie Canal. And the Ohio Erie Canal runs right behind the left field wall. We play at Canal Park. Um, the stadium was built with the canal right behind the left field wall going, stretching from Cleveland all the way down past, uh, past uh, Canton, down in uh, Tuscarawas County. So it's about a hundred miles, um, you know, kind of a, a, a canal in the trailway that really, you know, connected Cleveland to New York. And, and that was kind of a main shipping industry and Quaker Oats were started here in Akron as well. And so they would ship the oats. The story is, is they'd ship them underneath the uh, streets here in Akron, down to, down to the canal, they'd load up the canal boats and they'd float off. Well, on canals, uh, many times we have a lot of ducks. And so a lot of ducks, swim on the canals they are a big part of, you know, kids love to feed the ducks and all that fun stuff. And one of the first rubber ducks was actually made here in Akron, uh, you know, as they were you know, defining things to do with rubber, you can make tires, but there's a lot of things you can do with rubber. So this is my very long winded answer, Paul, but this is kind of how we became the rubber ducks. And it's a kind of something that was fun, something that talked about the history and the, and the heritage and something that kids can identify with, because we know that, you know, really our brand is the biggest part of our identity. It's, it's all about the logo. It's about the history, the heritage, and then, and then really your brand identity. So I have to say, I'm a huge fan of long-winded answers because, <laughs> because it just, it's, it speaks to how much there is to say, right? Like, I mean, I think to, to the uninitiated, to the people who don't know this story, they look and they say, oh, a goofy minor league team named themselves for a child's toy, right? And it's not that. It's so much more than that. And the really good minor league brands, the ones that have staying power, the ones that that really build a name for themselves are the ones that have these important stories that that are relevant to their local community. That being said, you told me back in 2014, you said you were braced by your friend Scott Hunsicker with the <laughs> Reading Fighting Phils <laughs> for, for this thing that happens a lot, especially with the sort of the, the wackier, the more outrageous the name, the more of a swing there's going to be an initial backlash and then an acceptance, especially if it's a good logo. The Brandios guys refer to a thing called the J curve. I'm sure you heard about that in your mm -hmm. the initial dip and then the the much higher you know rise on the other side. So how did, how did that pattern work out for you? Let's just say the J-curve was very short. And, and I'll tell you, I, I give credit not only to Scott, as you had mentioned, but also Jason Klein, you're going to talk with as well. You know, Jason had been through many, many of these, and he really prepared us well. And he said, you know, you know, get ready. It's going to be three to six months where people are just going to be crushing you left and right. It's, it's going to be tough. So put on those flak jackets, hunker down, get ready. And so we had our whole staff prepared for it. And I really think it was only about three days that we got the backlash. I mean, you know, we had a, a few calls and people threatening to cancel their season tickets. And But what was really important for us was the name had to come out with the logo. And so when we, uh, you know, a lot of teams will say, okay, here's the name. And then, you know, a few weeks later, here's the logo. And then here's the uniforms. And, you know, they, they really stretch it out. Well, for us, because of thinking, okay, it's going to be like you said, uh, a kid's bath toy, right? You know, it's a, you think of Burton Ernie and Sesame Street. Well, 
we wanted to make sure that when you saw it, you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of that juxtaposition of like, well, here's what I think it's going to be. But when you see the duck and it's this tough looking duck with, you know, it's got teeth, right? You know, it's got, and it's got that kind of representing that blue collar work ethic of folks in Akron. And, and I think it was really important for us when the when the brand came out, the, you know, the name and the logo had to come together. And I think because of the way we did it, and again, all credit goes to guys like Scott Hunziker and of course, Jason and Casey from, from Brandios. Those are the guys that really kind of walked us through it and it really taught us how to do it and how to do it the right way. And, you know, um, you know, a good friend of mine, Chuck Domino was also kind of helping me with just kind of, you know, ideas and he'd gone through it with the fight and fills and with some other uh, company, uh, with other teams as well. So I think that's really what kind of prepared us to be ready for it. And like you said, it, it was a very short curve. It was, three days. And then all of a sudden people embrace it. They're like, Oh, that is pretty cool. That that's kind of a good looking. Yeah. We are the rubber cap of the world. And yeah, I've seen a lot of ducks on the back of the, uh, you know, floating on the canal behind the park. And that makes a lot of sense. And you go into a third grade classroom and boy, those kids are all excited. So you guys have, you guys have some great alternate brands. One of them appeals to my sensibilities quite a bit. Uh, I've been to Akron twice, once during the baseball season. And I got to, to, to go to a game there and it was the day after you all wore your promotional Screamers uh, brand. Could sure. you describe what the Screamer concession item is? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we found out when you're thinking about these alternate identity identities, a lot of times they have, uh, you know, food is a great kind of uh, example and, and a great way to think about it. Because when you think about, you know, uh, concessions and you think about the ballpark, the relationship with food is pretty symbiotic, right? You come to the ballpark, you get your hot dog, you get your beer. You, you remember eating that first hot dog with grandpa way back when, you know, when you went to your first uh, baseball game. Well, you know, food is such a intrinsic part of, of the experience. One of the things that we offer, one of the things we rolled out, this is back in 2011, 2012, is um, we rolled out the extreme foods menu. And we, we, each year we've been adding to it uh, a couple of items each year, come on the list, a couple of items come off the list, but the screamer was one of the original items and uh, it is a gigantic ice cream sundae. So it's a plastic batting helmet mm -hmm. filled with 21 scoops of Smith dairy, Smith ice cream, um, then topped with bananas, uh, Marciano cherries, um, sprinkles, uh, whipped cream. Uh, I mean, it's huge. And you can just imagine on a summer day, you know, as people are ordering this and they're walking back to their seats and ice cream is melting down their arms. I mean, it's all part of the experience. It's all part of the fun when you come to a game. And so as we were kind of going through these different, you know, brand identities and, you know, uh, I think uh, Lehigh Valley became the Lehigh Valley cheesesteaks for a night. We kind of looked at internally and said, you know, well, what, what are some of the things that we do very well with, with our food? And the screamer was the first thing that came to mind. Like, everybody's got to get a screamer. They come to the ballpark. They're meant to be shared. They're these just colossal items that it's just kind of that wow factor. When you get these things and you bring them back to your seat, and it is just part of the experience. So, uh, so for one night, this is, I think it was 2018. Is that right, Paul? Yeah, when that's right. That's when I was there. Yeah. So in 2018, we became the screamers for a night. Um, and, and, you know, again, had the jerseys to the players who were in the jersey. They had the, the sprinkles on the jerseys, which was kind of a cool look as well. And uh, and it really kind of celebrated kind of our extreme foods. And and since then we've been we've been adding to not only the menu but also some of our nights. Um, we even have a night this year where we become the Akron JoJo's. And the Akron JoJo's are ac actually a French fried potato uh, um, that's served with fried chicken. And yep. it's 
only in Akron. They're called JoJo's. I've got family that live in Cleveland that have never heard of JoJo's. <laughs> so it is very much an Akron-centric thing, but it's kind of fun with your food. So back to your question about the screamer. I mean, it is a fun you know item that fans look forward to all winter long. They come to the ballpark, they eat it with their families, and it just becomes synonymous with the Rubber Ducks experience. Yeah. Well, I have to say, you mentioned the brand of ice cream that you serve in that ice cream helmet. And I was there. I was not sharing ice cream with anyone. So I got one of the smaller helmets with the Cleveland logo. <laughs> and since I have you on the horn here, I'll just make a pitch for it. I would love to get one of those those little helmets with the Akron logo on it for the collection out here. So if you guys ever do that, I'm, I'm ready and waiting. But that particular brand of ice cream, I tell people, they say, what's the best ice cream you've ever had at a ballpark? That ice cream that I had in that Cleveland helmet was the best ice cream I've had. That brand of ice cream was delicious. So, Oh, thank you so much. I tell you what, we've got a great partner. They've been doing it for years. They've been known as Ruggles for a number of years. Um, they just uh, switched to, to Smith ice cream, but it, it is it, it is excellent. It's, it's, it's made in Orville. It's actually made right down the street from Smucker's. So yeah. you, you kind of have two iconic institutions about 35, 45 minutes from the ballpark. And, uh, and, you know, around here, people know people love their ice cream around here yeah. and there's a lot of different favorites, but I think the, the Smith foods is the best. That was definitely, uh, some of the best ice cream I've had at a ballpark. You mentioned that you mentioned the Jojo's. I was going to ask you about the Jojo's as well. I heard, uh, you on, uh, Mark Viquez's ballpark hunter podcast talking about the Jojo's brand. I wrote a, a short article about it for sportslogos.net. And one of the responses that I got from folks, and I wanted to, you know, this is, listen, this is my hardest hitting question ever on this podcast. <laughs> one of the responses I got was that people in the Northwest and Oregon and Washington also call them JoJo's. Had you heard that before? So I will tell you, I can refute that because okay. unless this is a new thing, I, I, one of my first jobs in minor league baseball was in Spokane, Washington. Mm. And I was in Spokane when I, ordered a Jojo. And I said, yeah, you know, loved it. You know, I get a first time living outside of Ohio. And I got these looks that like, they, mm. they asked me like, well, you know, wh what rock did you crawl out from underneath? Right? <laughs> you know, it's like, who the heck are you? And I'm like, the, the you know, the, the Jojos. And I, I, it took me a minute and I'm like, okay, yeah. Fried potato wings, the wedges. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The fried potato wings. So unless Spokane is different from, you know, the rest of the state of Washington and Oregon, um, or maybe they have some recent Ohio Akron transplants. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I'll tell you when I, and that was 22 years ago, they had no idea what a Jojo was. <laughs> well, you can't argue with real lived experience right there. So that's, uh, <laughs> all right. You have two more brands that you've done in recent years. One that was unveiled in 2020 and then obviously got pushed back because of COVID you were going to become cone town USA and you had a sort of traffic cone based identity. What was cone town USA about? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, Akron. Um, and again, I think there was kind of like, you think about the, the perfect storm. We were in the middle of the, the largest infrastructure project in the history of Akron. Um, and it was coming in three different stages. Uh, the Ohio Department of Transportation and the Central Interchange, which is kind of the main interstate that runs through Akron and downtown, needed to be overhauled. And that had been in the plans 10 years in the making. We knew it was coming. And it was just one of those things that, okay, we know we're gonna, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a pain in the rear end to get around Akron. And and but you can take the city streets and you'd be fine. Well, then um, you remember when Flint, Michigan, where they had the issue with the water. For sure. Um, you know, we 
identified, I guess, when that happened, I think it caused the Akron official to look through and say, oh my gosh, let's make sure that never happens here. And so they put in a brand new piping system and again, going underneath the city streets, you know, mile down, you know, with this huge, you know, you know, drill called Rosie and would go through it. And so we had two construction projects going on, infrastructure, water related, and then a third uh, construction project that had kind of been delayed for a little while. And it was the Main Street, you know, re, uh, I guess, reimagination project. And we had the world, I think I, I will call it the world's largest Main Street. It's probably not, but the world's widest. It was huge. It was probably three lanes on one side, two lanes on the other side. One of the lanes is a parking lane. So, it, you know, it was ginormous. And for the, for the city of Akron and, and the size of it is, it was probably a little bit too big. The only day that comes in handy is when you do education days, when you have 115 buses, you're trying to park them outside. No. Those extra lanes really help and helps move traffic along. Anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> so you've got three main projects going on and then, uh, you know, the pandemic hits. And all of a sudden, all three of those projects kind of merged at the same time. The water project was ending. However, you still had all of Main Street ripped up and you had the ODOT central interchange being you know, redone. You couldn't get around Akron. And a lot of times Akron looked like a war zone because all this construction was happening at once. Now, because of the pandemic, a lot of these uh, you know, people were staying at home and then a lot of these projects could finish faster than I think they expected them to. But during that time being, we really said, you know what? Hometown USA, like this is, you know, we are, we are in like, you know, they, the joke is that there's two um, seasons in, in, in Ohio, it's construction season and winter, right? And, right. and, and there's always construction barrels. So that was kind of the idea behind it. But, you know, it's funny, as we were talking with our friends over at City Hall, they, they got behind it because they're like, you know what, this is progress. You know, we are really moving downtown Akron forward. And so the mayor's office got excited about our Conetown USA really helped push it out. And then it became even, it's one of those promotions that just kind of caught fire and it got better and better as when we finally did it. And then of course, like you mentioned, the pandemic wiped it out in 20, but then we were able to do it in 21. So there was this, there was this um, just anticipation as yeah. people were getting excited about what is this going to be? And I can't wait to get my Jersey. Yes. I, I drive by this way and I can't go this way every day. So I want to wear my Conetown hat proudly. And, and I think that's what just kind of helped it you know, unintended consequences, but got a life of its own. And it got even bigger than we, we thought it was going to be. So definitely a lot of fun. It was one of my favorite uh, uh, rebrands that we've done. That is, a, it's definitely a fun sort of tongue in cheek take on a, on a baseball brand for sure. The other one, you mentioned your four mascots that you have with the team, and you're celebrating one of them when you rebrand. I, I should say that at the time of this recording, this is actually just a couple of days away. By the time this drops, it will have already happened, but uh, you'll be playing as the Akron Homers and you essentially have a big sort of purple pigeon as one of your mascots. And so can you talk about uh, the decision to celebrate Homer the pigeon with one of your alternate brands? Yeah. You know, Homer's kind of our, he's our, he's our, um, he's our distant cousin uh, mascot. When you think about the other mascots, we've got Orbit who is part of the Akron Arrows brand. He's a space cat kind of ties in the, you know, kind of the space industry. And, you know, kind of, we brought him along uh, from, from the previous brand. Uh, Webster and Roberta are two ducks. So, um, you know, Webster was, came first. Roberta, his female counterpart came second. Roberta spelled R-U-B-B-E-R-T-A. And, uh, and so they really kind of tie in They're ducks. They, they, you know, they, they, they walk like a duck, talk, squawk, you know, squawk <laughs> like a duck. Right? So, I mean, they, they make a lot of sense. 
But in 2012, we actually uh, came out with uh, Homer the Pigeon. He was actually our second mascot. Um, in downtown Akron, like many downtown uh, areas, there's lots of pigeons and pigeons living all over the, uh, the downtown area. And it just kind of, we wanted to do something different, you know, whereas Orbit and uh, Roberta and Webster are all kind of fuzzy mascots. Homer is a seven foot inflatable pigeon. He's the world's largest pigeon. He's huge, right? And so, you know, he walks around. Some of the things he can do is, is pretty entertaining. We, uh, the, the suit was made from the same company that makes the Superstars, which are this national act that, you know, Clammy Sosa, Shark McGuire, they, they travel the country and they, they entertain fans of all ages. So we kind of got our own Superstar suit. And, you know, we named him Homer. And, uh, you know, we had a name, uh, name the mascot contest. This was all the way back in 2011. And uh, you had mentioned Chuck Domino. Chuck was a part of that group when we were kind of brainstorming, what should we do? And I think Chuck's vote was Pidgey the Pigeon. Um, and uh, Homer came from an, another person in our office. You know, it's, and it's always, you know, the, the names that you, you never think, oh, my gosh, where that, you know, it's the guy who does finance. It's like, oh, yeah, he's, oh, I think it should be Homer. And then everybody's like, I like that. That's, that kind of works, right? So it kind of came guy. together. But the way the mascot was selected was really fun. And this was all Chuck's idea. So we split the room in half and we said, okay, we want half of you to come up with any color combination that you want. And the other half, we want you to come up with any animal that you want. So mm. the first one comes out, it's a frog, and then it's a black and gold frog. And I said, immediately, absolutely not. This is Brown's country. We don't want any Steelers, you know, <laughs> anything you know, related to the Steelers. So that was thrown out quickly. That was an easy one. Then the next one was like a camouflage dolphin. And I'm like, that ah, doesn't really kind of fit with Akron. And then the next one was a pigeon. And I was just like, yes, that, mm. that, that makes a lot of sense. And then the color that came out was purple, purple, purple and white polka dot. I think someone was trying to be funny, yeah. but we were like, that's got something. So we took it to uh, the folks over at Brandios. They came up with a design for it. All of a sudden, boom, we had our, you know, purple polka dotted pigeon named Homer that came to life and was introduced on opening day 2011. That is fantastic. First of all, that that technique for coming up with a, a color combination and a and a uh, and a mascot is really funny. I've never heard anything like that before. So, so I appreciate that story. I wanted to ask you just because I you know I like to have have names with designers on things. The JoJo's and the Cone Town and the uh, the Screamers logos were those developed in house? No, those are all Brandios. So all Brandios. You know, we've been we've been working with Brandios for a long time. You know, Jason Klein and Casey White have done an amazing job. They started with the, uh, you know, the, the Rubber Ducks brand, as we've discussed before, mm -hmm. and they were the ones that kind of helped dream up, you know, kind of the look and feel of, of the Rubber Ducks brand. And ever since then, we work with them annually. And so we, we they, they pull off a couple of projects a year for us to, to work on and to, uh, to get behind. And so each year we kind of have them do that. So, you know, this year it's the, the Akron JoJo's that they, and the Homers, mm -hmm. they help design, they help kind of dream up. But, and, and it made them come to life. So it was, uh, it was fun. It was a fun project to work with. And, you know, our director of uh, marketing promotions, uh, Kyle Hexaball works very closely with those guys to, to make sure that, you know, it, it's telling the story. It, you yeah. know, what, what is our, what is our goal out of this and, and, and what can we use this for? And we want to make sure that it, it, it tells the, the, the story of what it's supposed to tell, whether it's Akron centric, whether it's, you know, team centric, whether it's our community centric. Cool. Well, I'm I'm going to go talk to Jason about all that now. Jim, I took more of your time than I intended to, so I apologize for that, but uh, I appreciate you coming on and talk to me. Where can people, I, I know that the rubber ducks are easy to find on social media. Where where can people find you online? Sure. AkronRubberDucks.com. Uh, you know, I, I believe it or not, I'm not on social media by design. So sometimes <laughs> you, 
You got to have that control group in there somewhere. You must get but so much done every day. I, I do. I do. And there's a reason, but I have people for the people that handle that for me. So, awesome. uh, but, but honestly, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and Paul, great talk with you again. I, you know, I, I love the world, the world of logos as well. And I think um, we've, as we've always tried to do is try to come up with something fun, unique, that our community can really get behind. And it's been fun to see, you know, Akron and then folks outside of Akron that really, you know, love and, and appreciate the logos that, that, that we've been able to, to design and, and really bring to life. And so I think that's part of the fun of minor league baseball. So I, um, I excited to, uh, to hear more about your uh, conversation with, uh, with Jason. Well, the rubber ducks do such a great job with, with their branding and with minor league fun. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun for me to share the story and, yeah, it's a, and all of these stories is what makes minor league baseball great, and 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 the Rubber Ducks are certainly great at it. So, so Jim, thanks again, and look forward to speaking to you soon. Hopefully, it won't be eight years this time. <laughs> Sounds good. Looking forward to it as well. Thanks so much, Paul. Thanks, Jim. All right, everyone, you know how excited I am for this. You know I'm always so thrilled to invite my friend Jason Klein of Brandon yes! back to the Baseball by Design podcast. I, We're here. Know, we made it. We're finally back. It's been like three weeks since people have heard anything from Jason Klein on this podcast. So, oh man, we've been so busy and working on so many fun projects. I cannot wait for everybody to see what we're working on. Oh my gosh. Well, this has all been, you know, you guys, I can't wait to write about it for sportslogos.net. You guys are always so generous about letting me know when stuff is coming up and sharing the, the files with me. And, you know, you've been in the news a little bit already with the, uh, the rooster tails up in uh, yeah the rooster tails that's that's a fun thing you guys did this summer I'm actually going to get to a game I'm going to get to a, oh, a dust awesome. devils game to, to hang out with Eric Mertens and so so anyway I know you guys have been up to a lot I can't wait to see what else you have coming and hey by the time this drops maybe we'll have already broken the news that you're you're obliquely referencing here that we can't exactly name so yes I hope I hope so too but we are here to talk about what must feel like ancient news to, to Brandios, the Akron Rubber Ducks. I covered the Rubber Ducks first in 2014 for sportslogos.net. You and I got to, to speak then. Uh, it was one of the first times we spoke, I actually, I think. I spoke with Jim Fander back then in 2014 for this article. Oh, back Jim, then, I love Jim. The Akron Rubber Ducks were the wackiest of the wacky. It was the brand. Now it feels like they're, they're tried and true. What would minor league <laughs> baseball be without the Akron Rubber Ducks? But at the time... That was that was the wackiest of the wacky. Oh my God, they're named after a children's bath toy. How, from Brandios's perspective, did you guys come to the, the name Rubber Ducks and and how did you come up with this tire track, this fierce tire track yeah. duck logo? Yeah, so uh, we packed our bags. Every product, we feel like it's really a disservice to the fans, to the staff, to the community, not to become honorary citizens. We want to live the town, breathe the town. We want to eat at the local joints, go to Luigi's and get cheese salad in Akron um, for all my Akron fans out there. Um, and it was great. Um, uh, you know, we got to tour Akron and we really, it's very apparent. Akron is the rubber capital of America. Firestone, Goodyear, the blimps. Um, even the heritage where it was like an industry town where like the, uh, you know, like Goodyear and Firestone and all those tire companies like, owned houses in which the employees rented from. Um, so it felt like more like, like, a, like a military outpost, if you will, than it did um, a, you know, a, a part of American industry. But you know, it, uh, being the rubber cap of the world, we had to figure out, okay, well, what, what is a name that's gonna sort of 
lure people in, that's going to suck them in, that's going to get them excited, uh, a name that's going to surprise everybody. And uh, Rubber Ducks, I mean, it kind of came together pretty quickly. Um, one of the important things about the brand is when you hear the name, you think Burton Ernie's squeaky bath toy. Yes. And so we knew everybody was going to go that direction. Uh, in the same way, when we said Chihuahuas, we know people were going to go Yokiro Taco Bell, uh, Paris Hilton's purse dog at the time. So we had to like flip the script and we said, we got to go complete opposite, uh, opposite. And so, um, you know, uh, galvanized steel, uh, rubber, you got like, so there's flames, there's like, uh, you know, it's a duck. There was a lot of conversation about how do you make a duck that doesn't feel like Donald Duck or the Oregon Duck or, um, you know, all those ducks out there. <laughs> um, so, you know, brought in the fire, um, obviously black for tires was going to be in there. We knew, um, uh, you know, there's going to be flame colors. So you get the oranges and the yellows and the reds that we explored. Um, and then uh, blue to sort of, um, we, we love this idea. I think we got the idea when we worked on um, Pensacola, which was, you know, Pensacola is a, a, you know, beach community, Gulf Coast, lots of neon down there, party uh, time. And we had this idea of like, what if an electric sign reflected off of the back of the fish and so that's why you see that like neon red, which is a reflection of the neon sign off the back of the blue Wahoo. Yeah. And we had the same sort of feeling, which was could, what would a reflection off a like, you know, uh, you know, like a, 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 a wet, rainy night, um, you know, rubber tire, you know, what would that reflection be? And so that's where the, the, the UCLA blue or Air Force blue came in there. Awesome. Well, so the the tire tracks themselves, right? I, the the tire tracks are a big part of the identity. In the primary, the sort of backside of the duck's head is a tire track. There's some alternate versions where the you've got the duck head and and tire tracks sort of far, form these arms with fists. There's a there's a letter A that is formed entirely by tire tracks. There's one that has like a duck foot that has tire tracks around it. So obviously. The tire industry is huge to Akron and it's huge as part of this identity. I mean, this identity is as much tire track as it is duck. <laughs> right, right. And that was the idea was that you wanted to reinforce the, you know, the, the rubber industry, the rubber industry's impact on America, the, um, you know, the idea of burning rubber. Um, so it was all of this uh, effort to sort of make it surprising as a contrast to a, you know, bath toy. Um, and it really like we, we, we wanted people to go, that's not what I was expecting mm -hmm. because um, we had the pleasure of working with Chuck Domino on this project as well. Um, he was consulting Chuck, the godfather of minor league baseball um, marketing, you know, Reading fame, Lehigh Valley fame, uh, uh, Richmond fame. And one of the things about Chuck was, he always likes to, to surprise. He loves to take fans on the journey of, um, you know, just the whole journey of the ups and downs of an identity. And, and our law, I give Chuck a ton of credit. He really informed our process um, when we were young. He was like, here's why you want to do it this way. Here's why it works. I've been in baseball for, you know, decades. This is why it's going to work. And one of the things that Chuck um, Chuck likes to unveil the name before the logos come out. Now, you have to be a really thick skin as a staff 
Because if you have a name like the Trash Pandas, you know, the Rubber Ducks, the Flying Squirrels, and you release a name without logos, um, people are gonna be like, oh my gosh, what I have imagined in my head is, is no, this is gonna go really, really bad. Right. And so, um, and I think it was with Lehigh Valley, Chuck came to us and he said, um, I want the fans and the community to put in their imagination something that is going to be completely different than what we're going to present to them. Mm -hmm. So as a way, you know, minor league baseball teams, as we all know, they don't have gazillion dollar ad budgets like big, you know, uh, pro sports teams. And so they have to, you know, they have to get publicity, they have to drum up attention. And to do that, Chuck was like, I want to put the name out um, because we need eyeballs and eyeballs is going to bring attention to our brand. And if we put the name out and everybody comes up with their version of what the rubber ducks is going to look like or the flying squirrels, um, that's going to work towards our advantage. And so um, when we put out rubber ducks, everybody's like, oh my gosh, Burton Ernie squeaky toy, this is terrible. And Chuck said, that's exactly what we're looking for. We're going to completely um, switch it up. So I, I give Chuck a ton of credit for um, his thoughts and all that. Well, I have to tell you that actually just last week on the podcast, I spoke with Chuck for an episode on the Charleston Dirty Birds. And we got into all these other teams that, you know, I know you didn't work on the Dirty Birds, but you've worked with so many with Chuck. And he really got into this whole notion of take something vulnerable and make yes. it ferocious. And, yes. you know, the rubber duck exemplifies that perfectly, I think. Yeah. And the reason it works well is because it's not only the story of the players who are, you know, working their way up to the big leagues, but it's also the story of America, which is ordinary people like all of us rising up um, and, and achieving what, uh, what we're capable of, you know, achieve, achieving extraordinary things. And so I think that that's why it works well, whether you call it the underdog mentality, whether you call it the sort of like... Um, how did Chuck phrase it? He said, take something vulnerable and make it yes. ferocious. Right, right. So you don't think of a uh, rubber duck uh, as ferocious. You think of it as right. you're playing the right. bathtub with when you're seven. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's like putting a cape on a flying squirrel, right? Or, or taking, a, taking a goat and, you know, snapping a bat in its mouth. I, I mean, for the yard goats. Like, so there's, you know, that's even the, you know, the chihuahuas, right? Like, I mean, all of this is like, take something vulnerable, take something that, that you wouldn't immediately think of as fierce and make it fierce. And so, you and know, I, rubber also, I would add to that, Paul, I mean, to cut you off, I, I would add to that, that the, you know, it's, it's the, we talk a lot um, internally and, and with clubs about what makes minor league baseball fun and fun is a lot of fun is derived from humor and tension um, that, you know, a, a, a laugh, if you will, is the release of tension, right? You're feeling something and then you sort of release it. And the tension that is, is visually uh, put out there between a vulnerable creature that is trying to punch way above its weight, um, that, that's funny. It's, it's a visual pun. It reads quickly, it reads instantly, and it makes you smile. And I, I think that's why minor league baseball logos feel so fun. Well, and this one, you know, this one in particular, because first of all, it was relatively early in the sort of wacky era of the minor league baseball logos, right? Like, so it was still at a time when people could be surprised <laughs> by a team name, right? I mean, there's been so much expansion of that in minor league baseball in general. And this one, I think, sort of set a precedent of you can do something that at, at first blush sounds like, oh, we just 
pulled a name out of a hat or we're just trying to be as wacky as possible. And then, I mean, I love it. I mean, I love it. Like I love the iron pigs one and I love, you know, the, 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 the yard goats. I mean, these ones that have these stories where you're like, Oh gosh, this goes way deeper than just surface deep. This is not just wacky for wacky sake. So the connection to the tire industry, the connection to the rubber industry, the connection too to the fact that rubber ducks themselves are actually important. Uh, if I remember correctly, the first rubber duck was actually made, the, the bath toy was actually made in Akron. So, yeah, yeah. so, so there's that connection there as well. So this yeah, is, yeah. This is one that I, I, you know, I really enjoy because it, it sounds so wacky. It sounds ridiculous. And then the more you dig, the more I have a reason to do a podcast because these are the stories I love to tell. <laughs> but, you know, you said earlier, well, you know, this is so long ago. And I remember when this is crazy, it's not so crazy anymore. And, you know, the same thing happens every year is that a new minor league baseball brand comes out and people go, this is outrageous. How outrageous is it? And the question is, are they getting more outrageous? I don't think they're getting any more outrageous. I think they're just, be, they're just new because mm -hmm. we don't think iron pigs at the time was completely outrageous. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was like, it was blasphemous, the iron pigs. And now we look yeah. back over, you know, a decade or so. And we say, that's not so crazy. Yeah. And even the idea, if we can even go further back, you know, everybody asked me like, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed. And these names are outrageous. But if you think about it, the Mud Hens, like the Mud Hens as a brand, sure. it's like, it's a, uh, what is it, a female, a, a female chicken in a swamp. Like, you know, if we would have pitched that today, I think yeah. people would think that's outrageous. Yeah, yeah. it's a fat little game bird. It's like, I mean, yeah, it's sort of this ugly fat bird that uh, it's, it's the sort of, uh, you know, the, uh, to, to me, the modern equivalent is the Idaho Falls chuckers, right? Like this, like completely just like innocuous little bird <laughs> that has become a logo. And yeah. And I would even say, you know, if I came to you and I said, um, Paul, I have this amazing idea for a major league baseball name. And you're like, awesome. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> and you're like, it's going to be the best name ever. Great. It's going to be like one of the biggest franchises in the world. When we use this name, like, okay, great. I can't wait to hear Jason. Like I'm on bated breath. Like, what is it? And I said, we're going to call this major league team, the purple pants. <laughs> you would say that is absolutely ridiculous. We're going to be embarrassed. That is a terrible name, the purple pants. But then if I said it came back, I said, okay, no, no, no. I'm like, I, got another, I got another one. The red socks. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Classic. So I think even if we think about, you know, like if I just, if we want to come up with a name like the purple pants, that yep. would sound silly today, but the red yeah. socks somehow works. I think Philadelphia Phillies is never going to make it out of the first focus group, right? Like, so. <laughs> I mean, it's a great example. Yeah. I mean, and I think the, um, when we are, when we're children, we're always taught that if something has to be explained, that it's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And especially in minor league baseball, if it opens up a conversation where somebody hears it and they go, Oh, tell me why they're called the rubber ducks. Tell me why they're called the red Sox. Where did the Phillies come from? Right. Mm -hmm opens up free advertising for the team. So uh, I would say that, you know, if it's right on the nose and people go, ah, oh, the bears, I know what a bear is. Like, mm. I don't, I don't need to like look at it. You can never chase that person down and be like, Hey, wait, come back. Wait till you see the logo. <laughs> tell me, the tell logo. me what wildcats means. <laughs> the logo is amazing. But like, I don't care. I don't, cause, cause it's, 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 um, we use this term around the studio a lot. You don't want something that's tastefully dull. And so the, the, you know, the idea that a logo has to be explained or opens up a conversation, 
I, I still, I still love learning more about America through logos. That's the whole point of the podcast. It's the whole point of the, you, you summed it up perfectly. Jason, this is always so much fun. Brandios can be found at Brandios on all the, the social media outlets because you guys did the brand synergy thing, right? So go find Brandios. Jason, I can't wait to talk to you next time. This has been a blast. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Jason. Welcome back, everybody. As I mentioned previously in the episode, this is week one of Curved Brim Media Month on the Baseball by Design podcast. And week one, of course, has to be celebrated with my friend, my co-founder of the Curved Brim Media Network, Ed Rivera, host of the Dad Hat Chronicles podcast. Your podcast was one of a one of a few that like really inspired me to start this project. I saw I saw you guys out there having fun creating things and it just was it was an inspiration to me. So this this baseball by design podcast exists in part because I was inspired by what you were doing out there. So so I'm, thanks for I'm being who you take are, man. Full credit. Absolutely you were, full credit. You were the only podcast I listened to. There you go. And, See, uh, now, just, now that we have edited this, it is yeah. the only podcast that mattered <laughs> that inspired you to create your own. Uh, yes. And influenced my choice of hat. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have been wearing, I've, I've said this to you before, like, you know, Twitter is such a random place, right? And I'm sure I would have discovered you eventually just because we're part of this same minor league baseball community. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I told you at first that I would not have followed you if you had been the flat brim chronicles, right? Like the, the fact no, that it was right. <laughs> the fact that it was the dad hat chronicles. I was like, this guy's speaking my language here. So, <laughs> so anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to your podcast though. I want to talk about that a little bit more, but right now this, uh, the reason that you are on this episode is because you have a connection to the Akron Rubber Ducks, being a former resident of Ohio and a Cleveland baseball fan. The uh, the Rubber Ducks are, are near and dear to your heart. So first of all, I'll just ask you, what's your connection to the Rubber Ducks? So first of all, I love the Rubber Ducks. I've you know even when they were the Arrows, uh, you know when they did that whole rebrand, uh, love the Arrows, uh, love the Rubber Ducks even more, right? Love them. Um, but when I started my whole, you know, Dad Hat Chronicles on Twitter, uh, and this was before I did my podcast, the Rubber Ducks were the very first minor league team to ever follow me. Uh, that's right? cool. Right. So I felt an even better connection with them because they're like, all right, you know, I'm doing this, you know, they don't even know who I am, which I'm like, you know, 40 minutes away from them and they're following me. So, you know, I was like, yes, that you will always remember your first. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So as a Cleveland baseball fan, obviously the rubber ducks are an affiliate. They're the double A affiliate of the, Mm -hmm. the Cleveland guardians. Now was the connection to the tire industry, the rubber industry immediately evident in that name? Like, did anyone in that area think, why in the world are they called the rubber ducks or did everyone oh, just know that? Yeah, no, no, it was, it was immediate. Like, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, Goodyear capital, you know, rubber capital of the world. Yeah, we get it. Absolutely. There was no, there was no like, uh, I don't get it kind of situation. Right. You know, when you get a lot of all these other minor league teams that you really have to dig deep to find out the, the meaning everybody knew right away, rubber ducks. Got it. Right. Yeah. And, and it actually worked out. They're very popular with their name. Absolutely. So one of the things that, that you have developed over the course of doing this podcast is, a, is an appreciation for the logos themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you've really developed a sense for that. I know that you have some, some rubber ducks caps, but even whether you have them on caps or not, do you have a, a particular logo in these sets that really speaks to you as a, as a fan of the team? Oh, one, I love their, their 
let's go with the regular rubber duck. That's, you know, that logo is great. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. uh, second is the, um, their faux Fobec, the yes. rubber ducky. Yeah. Uh, come on now. Seriously. That's a great one. That's you a gotta great have one. a good sense of humor to yeah. wear a hat, which I do. I have it. Yeah. Um, with my yellow rubber ducky, uh, hat, but mm-hmm. one of my favorites one is the, uh, their Copa. Okay. Uh, which is perros calientes, right. Mm-hmm. You know, hot dog. Right. I'm a fan of hot dogs. I love hot dogs. I love going to the ballpark and eating a hot dog. That's my thing. You know, yeah. a, a souvenir cup and a hot dog. Mm. And when they brought this one out, I was like, oh, my God, they're like speaking my name. Right. <laughs> it's like they're, this hot dog with a pitchfork yeah. and he's on fire. And it, it is such a cool logo, guys. If you have not seen it, you have to check it out mm-hmm. um, because it is an absolute wonderful logo. I love it. It's yeah. great. Well, and I know that you have an affinity for a lot of the the Copa de la Diversión hats or just the, the logos in general, that whole identity uh, system. You are a Spanish speaker, and this uh, program was developed uh, to expand mm-hmm. the, the reach of, of minor league baseball. Certainly, right. it has done that with fans of logos. What do you think? And, and this is, I don't think, something we've ever really talked about. What do you think about the success of that program, expanding the reach of minor league baseball into the Spanish-speaking communities? I think it's great, right? Yeah. Do you want to expand the game? Minor league baseball did it right. You want mm-hmm. to expand the game. You want to expand the popularity of not just, you know, here in the U.S., but across the board, you know, in, in other countries and all of that. And even Hispanics here in, in the U.S. When you say that you are, you know, paying, you know, homage to Hispanic culture and you're coming up with these crazy, awesome logos because they're all awesome. And first of all, I'm a loud guy. So when you put loud, you know, loud colors there, it is just great, right? So you, you just got to automatically, you grab it. I gravitated towards that and you got to say, all right, who is doing this? Who is participating? Because I want to give my money to them buying a dad hat from them. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it was a, a very smart idea. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the program and in in part just because so many more logos to talk about, right? It's fantastic. So you're talking over 130 yeah. teams right now that yeah. are participating. And some of them have had multiple Copa yep. brands, you know, Correct. so that's, yeah, it's amazing. Speaking of alternate brands, one of the Akron Rubber Ducks alternate brands <laughs> yeah. is, and this has become sort of a, a funny little uh, trope on Twitter here is that they have a concession item called the Screamer. Correct. And it's a gigantic, it's a head-sized helmet filled mm-hmm. with, ice cream and all sorts of other stuff. I mean, it looks like one of these things that would take, you know, an hour and a half to eat by yourself and it would be soup by the end of it. So you need like seven friends. I'm pretty sure that on Twitter, Carl Holcomb may have eaten one by himself. And I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I'm, I'm a little concerned because that's yeah. a lot. Of, it was, there, a, he... it was a lot of ice cream for one person, but, I, but the, based on the pictures he was posting, it looked like he may have eaten one of these himself. But then, you know, because of my affinity for, for ice cream helmets, this thing, this this logo that now features, they, they they have an alternate brand based on this screamer identity, mm-hmm. and because I am, you know, I have a certain affinity for a frozen confection and a plastic helmet. This hat, this this logo has become known as the Caputo, which Correct. I think actually you might have actually had something to do with at least propagating that. I don't know who started it, but I know that you've been sharing right. it around. <laughs> so I, I saw that, right? And I'm like, okay, hold on a second. This is, and I texted you, we texted each other. I'm like, listen, Paul, this is your hat. This has your name written all over it. You you need to get this dad mm-hmm. hat because mm-hmm. obviously it has the, the screamer on it. And I'm like, come on now. And the best part about it was it was 10 bucks. 10 bucks, free shipping. It was incredible. Right. 
free shipping, yeah. 10 bucks. I'm like, dude, seriously, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And then somehow I cannot remember who was the one who started it, but they, they dubbed it the Caputo ha uh, hat, which yeah. it does make sense. It is a Caputo hat. I hope I'm giving credit where it's due here. I think it might've been Joe Prophet, Eric Prophet's brother from, uh, of, of yeah, the you're probably right. average podcast. Yeah. So kudos to you, Joe. <laughs> Joe, if it was you, thank you. If it was not you, we'll, uh, we'll correct it. We'll fix it in post. Speaking of podcasts, you're here right now because we are part of the Curved Brim Media Network together. It's something that I'm super proud of. And this month, all month long in August, I just want to feature my fellow content producers on this amazing network of people that we've assembled. And it's been, it's been so much fun. Your podcast, you and Anna, Anna DiTomaso, who does the Baseball Bucket List podcast, she'll be on next week with me. You guys are two of the, the podcasts that really inspired me to, to, to start this. The Dad Hat Chronicles. Hold on a second. You said this was my I was I told, the I only podcast. I, I told you now, I'll fix it in post. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit all of any <laughs> any reference to anyone else. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Right. Uh, so you your podcast is called the Dad Hat Chronicles. And mm -hmm. so one of the questions that I get sometimes, and I want to clear this up before you know, before we actually talk about the podcast itself. Can you can you for the record, it's not a term that is you know, they're just made up out of thin air. Teams will sell, they, they list this item on their team store as the dad hat. Mm -hmm. So can you tell me what are the, what are the distinguishing features that make something a dad hat? A dad hat, you can consider it an unstructured, right? There's really mm -hmm. no structure to it. The mm -hmm. brim, it is curved. It has to mm -hmm. be curved in order to be considered a dad hat, right? Um, there, if you sit on it, no, you know, no foul, you can just put it right back on your head and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, for me, for me, um, a dad hat, it consists of a strap with a little bit of a class or a buckle in the back, right? Um, I am not a one who um, subscribes to the notion that a dad hat has to have that can include a Velcro back. That is an abomination. It should not be on a hat. Um, yes, I, I said that, guys. I am sorry <laughs> if you feel otherwise. Uh, but it, it does have a strap, right? So it, it is adjustable. Mm -hmm. Listen, it, it, when you think of a dad, a lot of the times, as I am, um, you see those hats there. You see a lot of dads wearing a dad hat. That's where the term came from, dad hats, right? Mm -hmm. You know, parents wearing it. Can My wife, you know, wears one. Um, yeah. My daughter wears a hat. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they may not call it a dad hat, but it is, you know, the unofficial official term dad hat. Okay. All right. Your podcast isn't just about hats. Your podcast... Well, it's evolved since it began. At first, it Correct. was about sort of collecting, and yep. then it has expanded since then. So can you tell mm -hmm. me about the sort of progression of the podcast and what you're trying to do with it and why you so, started it? So I, I, as a fellow collector, um, I, I collect dad hats, and that's what I do. I have well over 200 plus dad hats right now at this point. Um, when I started, I wanted to get to know the story of why people started collecting um, and 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 that got it was it was a lot of fun. I got to meet a whole bunch of other cool people, mm -hmm. uh, one like you, because you collected, um, you know, the ice cream helmet. That's how we really got to know each other. Mm -hmm. um, th there was a natural progression of things uh, with it. I was doing, you know, for a little bit of time, I started, you know, interviewing some uh, baseball players, some coaches and things like that. And then I was like, you know, why am I limiting it to just, uh, you know, people that are coaching or playing? Mm -hmm. So I decided to. Um, expand it to people who are involved in baseball overall in mm -hmm. some form of another, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're a hat company or um, you're a, a, a GM or someone who works in social media, something mm -hmm. like that, right? That are involved in baseball and what really led them to get to that, 
Um, we've done some things such as play catch movement, um, you know, things like that, that really does, uh, show how uh, baseball is, has been such an integral part of many lives across the U.S. Yeah, it's been great. I and mean, it's been a blast to follow it. And it's one of the reasons that we started this Curved Brim Network thing was to, to highlight the work that other folks are doing. One of the things that, that I think is really important, and I think this is across the board in Curved Brim Media, is that it's a very positive approach, right? Like there's, right. there's, it's never, you know, it's never hot takes and complaining, right? Like it's, you're highlighting really sort of genuine fandom or, you know, genuine sort of support of, of minor league baseball. And that's been, that's been fun for me as a, uh, as a, as a fan of your podcast to follow that. Yeah, and you know what, there's a, there's plenty of, of negativity and complaining out in the world. The only thing you're probably going to hear me complain about, it's going to be about the guardians logo. <laughs> I will, till, I will take it to my deathbed that that's had is a horrible logo. How, but I, I make fun of it, right? We sure. do it in a, in a manner in which it is funny. Sure. Sure. Um, and because I, I'll be honest, I own three dad hats from the guardians, <laughs> right? So I'll still buy and support yeah. my team. Yeah, of course. But, but I think that you're right. I think the uh, being being positive and lifting each other up um, is a much better way of spending your time, mm -hmm. uh, especially right now in society. So yeah, I'm with yeah. that's that's the whole the whole key of it. Okay. Well, I uh, I want to wrap this up, Ed, with uh, a segment that I've been doing on my podcast for the, <laughs> since the very beginning, and I've done this on every single episode, as regular listeners will know, and I call it Paul Caputo's totally original baseball by design. Very famous, famous questions. <laughs> so that's Very the name. original. That, I love that, it. That's the name of this segment. And so I just have some, some questions that I think it's about time that, that you answered, Ed. Sounds uh, good. I told you this was going to be a hard-hitting interview and there was going to be some ambush journalism here. So bring it. So get ready. It's about time you go on the record with some answers to some of these questions here. <laughs> I love so, it. All right. Ed, pineapple on pizza? Um, I, if you would have asked me this question... About four or five months ago, I would have told you absolutely not. Okay. However, I will, I will have to credit Anna uh, on this one. Uh, she told me that um, her wife eats pineapple with jalapenos on it. Oh. So I would say I'm on the border. Okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm right there, but not, not quite wanted to say yes on it. This is, this is, this is a, a true sign of, of intelligence and openness to, to have a perspective that you're willing to revisit in light of new evidence. So I appreciate Correct. that. In light of new evidence, <laughs> which is spicy, <laughs> spicy evidence. That's also the name of my next podcast, actually spicy evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Ed Coke or Pepsi. Oh, Pepsi all the way. Okay. If animals could talk, which do you think would be the rudest animal? I would, I would honestly have to say, uh, and I'm sorry to say this, uh, Paul, but cats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I actually totally agree with you. I think that's probably true. Cats are rude. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm allergic to them, but like there was this one time where a cat just wanted to attack me. And mm -hmm. ever since then, I've, I've not gotten along with a lot of cats. <laughs> I was sitting there on the sofa yesterday watching Moon Knight, and my cat was like literally in the middle of the floor, just staring at me with utter disdain. Like it was just, it can only See? be described as utter disdain. Exactly. So and that's why I think whenever you ask that question on your podcast, the the cat is usually like, like no one's ever like manatee. So um, <laughs> no, nobody's going to say manatee. <laughs> I mean, they're the dogs of the sea. So all right. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, one superpower? Yeah. Uh, it would be to fly. Mm, to fly okay very good yeah. burritos or tacos uh i will go bur burritos all day long yeah yeah and you always oh, don't you... get me wrong i like tacos yeah. burritos is a beautiful thing 
It absolutely is. Hey, which Disney princess do you think would make the best spy? Oh, Rapunzel. Rapunzel. Okay. You've had a lot of time to think about these answers. And then finally, uh, who is your favorite member of the Curb Brim Media Network? Oh, by far. I, all of them. Oh, it's like picking them. a child. <laughs> if you listen to Ed's podcast, you know that this is Ed's famous, not so famous questions that he asks his guests at the end of every episode. And it's always fun. And I'm always sitting there listening, like, and I'm like, ah, I have an answer to that question. And you've got like, I don't know, like 25 or 30 of these that you sort of rotate. And, and uh, I've, I've actually bought two books. Oh, okay. This is awesome. With new questions. So mm -hmm. stay tuned because there's coming. And then obviously if, the more I travel to ballparks, I'm bringing them on the road as well. So mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't wait to hear some more, more of your questions. I can't wait to hang out again later on this summer and again next year and all the stuff that we're going to get to do with the Curve Brand Media Network. Oh yeah. And let me just say, if you're not listening to Ed's podcast, you should be. It's the Dad Hat Chronicles. You can find it on all the places. Ed is on Twitter at the dad hat 216 even though the 216 I believe is the Cleveland area code you that live in correct. North Carolina now which is which is like, a 919 okay. area code yeah and a, an amazing place for minor league baseball I'm wildly jealous oh yeah we, we have one team here in northern Colorado and they don't even have a stadium the owls with a z without a stadium and, which uh, is their official name, right? Owls the Owls with, with a Z. Z without a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the name it's, just keeps getting longer. It's for growing. Some it's growing. <laughs> and then obviously on the, the Curved Brim Media Network, that's right. on Twitter at Curved Brim. And it's on Facebook. I think you just search Curved Brim Media on Facebook. Yep. And we have a YouTube channel. You have a YouTube channel. What's your YouTube channel? Oh, Dad Hat Chronicles. Dad Hat Chronicles. So. Yep. If you look up Dad Hat Chronicles, you'll see all the videos. I put a lot of videos up there. Uh, Dad Hat reviews, um, unboxing videos. Um, if I go on the ballpark, I'll do the five questions video. You'll see it there as well. Fantastic. Ed, this has been so much fun. I'm having so much fun with Curb Brand Media. Thanks for being you, man. This is great. Uh, thank you for having me. And I'm so humbled to be the, the sole inspiration for your podcast. <laughs> this is great. Love it. Everyone who listens to this podcast, you have Ed to thank for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just thank you, Just Ed. Kidding.